This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope, the Bible teaching ministry of Pastor Rick Warren. Today, we continue with a series based on the 23rd Psalm called Living in the Goodness of God. In these lessons, you'll discover that God is good all the time, even in life's most difficult circumstances. And you'll experience the hope and favor that spring from God's divine goodness. In a few moments, we're going to tell you about a very special resource called the Living in the Goodness of God Guided Experience Book. This Bible study tool will help you fully trust the goodness of God and experience God's favor in every area of your life. Find out more by going to PastorRick.com or by texting the word DAILY to 800-600-5004 while you listen to today's message. Right now, here's Pastor Rick Warren with part one of a message called, How Jesus Treats His Sheep. Today we're going to continue in our study of the most famous chapter in the Bible, Psalm 23. Uh, it is the most compact explanation of the goodness of God. And we're in a series called Living in the Goodness of God. It only has six verses, but there are 10 benefits or 10 ways that God's goodness wants to show up in your life. We've looked at about half of these, and now we're starting the second half of the series. And I want us to begin by actually reading Psalm 23 aloud together. So let's read it together. Very familiar passage. The Lord is my shepherd. I have everything I need. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the right paths for his name's sake. And even when I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. You prepare a banquet for me in front of my enemies, and you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Thank you. Now there are a lot of metaphors in this passage. David is a shepherd and he's using the shepherd motif, talking about all the ways that God wants to bless your life. And today I want us to focus on the meaning of verse four, which is this phrase, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Now what in the world does that mean? Your rod and your staff, these are clearly two kinds of sticks. How in the world can they bring comfort to your life. How does that bring comfort to you at all? What in the world does this mean? It raises all kinds of questions. Uh, and of all the verses in Psalm 23, this little phrase, your rod and your staff, comfort me, requires the most explanation. I mean, what is a rod and what is a staff? And what do they symbolize and what benefits do they represent? And how in the world can these two tools that a shepherd uses, a sheep herder and you know, shepherding sheep, how in the world can they bring comfort to our lives about you know, several thousand years later? Well, I need to give you a little bit of background. So Tom, would you give, bring me my rod and my staff? Because I want you to see these. I actually have them. You know, the word pastor is the same word for shepherd, so I'm a shepherd. And here is my rod and my staff. Let's thank the great attendant here. <laughs> yeah, thank, yeah, you. thank you. <laughs> This 
is a rod and this is a staff. These two tools are ancient tools that have been used by shepherds for thousands and thousands of years. This is the defensive tool that you use against predators, you use against uh, wolves and anybody who's trying to attack your sheepfold. It was actually given me uh, by a, a shepherd and I'm not sure what country has my name, Pastor Rick Warren. So if you're bad, I'm getting on you right now, okay? And you can actually use the rod two ways. You can hold on this end and this is, you know, you're shooing away coyotes and people aren't much of a threat to you. And you can use it for things like that. It's usually about a uh, foot and a half long, maybe two foot long. Uh, if you've got a serious predator, uh, like a mountain lion, you've got something to really work with. But this is a defensive weapon. Uh, this, this, so the rod you use on enemies of sheep, the, the staff you use on sheep. Now I want to explain to you what, how they were used literally physically and just for a second, and then how they are actually symbols of two ways that God wants to work in your life. So let's first talk about what they actually are used for. Uh, a rod, you might write this down, is used for guarding the sheep, for guarding and protecting. Guarding and protecting the sheep. Uh, sheep are essentially defenseless animals. They have no teeth, they don't have any you know, claws, they don't, they don't run fast, uh, you know, their teeth are not very sharp because they eat grass, uh, so they're pretty defenseless, they're slow, and they're really pretty dumb. And so without a shepherd, they are prey to any kind of predator, wolves or anything else like that. And so somebody's gotta protect them, and the rod is a defensive tool to, to fight against predators or enemies or adversaries and things like that. Now a staff, while a rod is for guarding and protecting, a staff is for guiding, okay, guiding and directing. Guarding and guiding, protecting and directing. That's what these two different uh, tools are used for. Sheep have a tendency to wander. And so a shepherd's staff has a little crook in it and you can pull them uh, with the crook or you can poke them with the staff. So it's by hook or by crook, you're controlling them. And, and you are actually you know, saying, get along little doggies, only not, not little doggies, and, and you can direct them. Sheep have an ability to uh, graze on extremely difficult terrain. They can stand on a hillside you know, with, at almost uh, you know, uh, 50, 60, 70 degree angle. Uh, cows could never graze on what sheep can graze on. But while they can be on mountains and they can be on cliffs and they can be near edges, they often fall off and they often get out of balance. And so this end of the staff, the crooked part, the shepherd's crook, you would use either around a sheep's foot or their neck. And so for instance, if they're about to fall off, you can grab them by the neck and you can pull them back by you're not getting near the edge of the cliff. Or if a sheep goes into a bramble bush with a bunch of um, you know, thorns uh, and, and things that would be really painful, you, as a shepherd, you don't want to go in there. So you would reach in there with your shepherd's staff and you grab them by the leg and you pull them out. This is a tool of recovery. It's a tool for, for your protection. It's a tool to get you out of a tight jam. And now universally, the shepherd's staff is a symbol uh, of that. So that's what they're used for, um, and they've been used that way for literally centuries after you know, century. 
what's the meaning of these two tools? What's the symbolism behind these metaphors? Well, I want you to write this down. Uh, the rod represents power and authority. Power and authority. Because it says, I'm in charge here, and I've got more power than you, and, and I'm in control. The, the shepherd's staff and the rod are both found in as far back as Egyptian hieroglyphs. Uh, look up here on the screen, you can see a picture. Here's, a, here's an Egyptian king holding a shepherd's staff. Um, all of the pharaohs, when you see pictures of the pharaohs, they, they're, they're like this. And they've got a rod in one hand and the staff in the other. Sometimes they're called a, a flailing or some other term, but it is a rod and a staff. Let me show you, here's, here's King Tut. Uh, hi, Tutty. And, um, Notice he's got the shepherd's staff in one hand and he's got the rod or flail uh, in the other. Same thing, it's you, one is used to fight off enemies and the other's, he's saying with this, I am both the protector of my nation and I am in charge, I'm the authority of my nation. I both care about my nation and I can be tough. I am an authority. And you find this all throughout history in a lot of different, different cultures. So write this down, the rod represents power and authority which, by the way, in Christian uh, um, history, for the last 2,000 years of the church, of course, Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd, and he had the shepherd's staff. And so today, if you'll often see a bishop in a lot of different denominations, a Catholic, a Lutheran, lots of denominations, will have a bishop's staff. It's called a crozier. And you'll see the bishop walking like this, which basically says, I care for the flock of God, but I'm also the one in authority. I, I have the authority over the flock of God in this area. It's called the crozier, and they can be very elaborate, or they can be very, very simple like this. So the staff represents care and compassion. You might write this down. The rod represents power and authority, and the staff represents uh, care and compassion. Now, what does that mean for you, and what does it mean when he says your rod and your staff they comfort me. How, how do I get comfort out of that? Well, let's look first at what Jesus says, what it says about him in the Bible. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 20 says this. Jesus is the great shepherd of the sheep. Circle that in your notes. Great shepherd of the sheep. He's called the great shepherd. He's called the chief shepherd. Uh, he's called the good shepherd. In the next verse, John chapter 10 verses 10 and 11, that whole chapter is about the good shepherd and Jesus talks about his ministry in caring for the sheep. Throughout the Bible, sheep are a symbol for God's people. The church is called the flock of God. And the Bible says we are his sheep, okay? We are his flock and we are the sheep of his pastors. It says that in Psalms. And in John 10, 10 and 11, it says this. I came so that my sheep will have life. This is Jesus talking. I came that my sheep will have life and everything they need. I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd gives his life for his sheep. That's the good God's word translation. The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. Now, if Jesus is the good shepherd, we need to figure out what that means. How does Jesus treat his sheep? If we're supposed to be the flock of God and he's the good shepherd, what does that mean? As we look at the goodness of God, and in Psalm 23, we're listing 10 different things that the good shepherd does in your life. The Lord is my shepherd. 
And so how does the Lord respond to you? Well, just as a physical shepherd used the physical tools of the rod and the staff for direction and protection, for guidance, okay, and, and, and for guarding, God wants to do both of these things in your life. He wants to guide you and guard you. He wants to protect you, and he wants to direct you. I want us today to look at the actual words of Jesus in these areas. And we're gonna look at five ways Jesus wants to treat you if you'll trust him. So let's write these down. Number one, the first thing we learn about the good shepherd is that if I bring him my hurts, Jesus shows me compassion. If I bring him my hurts, Jesus shows me compassion. When I come to God and say, God, I've got a problem uh, in my finances, or I've got a problem in my emotions, I've got a problem in my relationships, and God, I'm really hurting here. I'm, I'm weak, or I'm depressed, or I'm anxious, or I'm angry, or I've been hurt, I've been betrayed, uh, somebody's been unfaithful to me. When I bring in my hurts, Jesus responds, how? Well, he doesn't scold you, he serves you. He doesn't put you down, he lifts you up. He doesn't hassle you, he heals you. Matthew chapter nine, verse 36, it says this. When Jesus saw the crowds, his heart was filled with compassion for them because they were hurting and they didn't know where to get help. They were like sheep without a shepherd. How you look at people determines a lot and, and tells us a lot about what's in your heart. When I look at a crowd, I often find, uh, I think of irritation. I think of loss of privacy. I think of a lot of things. But the Bible says when Jesus looked at the crowd, he was moved with compassion because they were hurting, they were helpless, they were like sheep without a shepherd. And that's the way God looks at your problems. And he looks at your, your hurts. He's compassionate. Now what does that mean? Well, there's a difference between empathy, sympathy, and compassion. Sympathy means, I'm sorry you hurt. You can send a sympathy card, I'm sorry you hurt. A little bit deeper commitment is empathy. Empathy means I hurt with you. When I empathize, it's more than I'm sorry you hurt, it's I'm hurting with you. But compassion means I will do anything I can to stop your hurt. And the Bible repeatedly says that when Jesus looked at people who were in pain, he was moved with compassion. I will do anything it takes to stop your hurt, even if it means dying on the cross. Even if it means having nails nailed through my hands and feet. That's compassion. I will do whatever it takes. I will do anything it takes to stop your pain. In Matthew 20, verse 28, Jesus said, this is why I came. I came here not to be served, but to serve others and to give my life as a ransom for many. He came to show compassion. He says, you know, I came to serve and to give. And if you circle those two words, that is what it means to follow Jesus Christ. That is what it means to be a true Christian. Giving and serving define a Christian life. If you don't give, if you don't serve, how in the world can you follow Jesus? Because he said, that's my whole purpose. You know, it's interesting, the paradox of this verse is that when it comes to your relationship, God says, it's not about you. Life is not about you, that you only find your meaning in giving your life away. And he says, for you, it's not about you, it's really all about God and other people. The first sentence in Purpose Driven Life is, it's not about you. 
But when it comes to God, it's the exact opposite. With Jesus, it's all about you. He came to earth for you. He died for you. He suffered for you. He sacrificed for you. It's all about you from God's point of view. God is unselfish and God wants you to be like him. He wants you to be Christ-like. Christ was not thinking of himself, he was thinking of others. And the same thing is true with you. God wants you to not think of yourself. It's not about you, it's about God and it's about others. So, but I bring him my hurts, I know that Jesus is not gonna razz me or put me down or scold me uh, or intimidate me. He's going to show compassion because he did that throughout his ministry. Number two, not only if I bring him my hurts, Jesus shows me compassion, but number two, if I choose to follow him, Jesus leads me in the right direction. He's not gonna lead you in the wrong direction, but he's gonna lead you in the right direction if you say, God, I'm gonna follow your son, Jesus Christ. He becomes your guide through life. I don't know if you've ever gone to a, a, a city like London or Tokyo or some Paris and taken a guided tour. But if you've ever done that, you know you learn a whole lot more about a city if you have a guide. That if you just walk through Paris, you don't know, you're gonna miss all kinds of important things because you don't know what they are. It helps to have a guide. You learn more, you see more, you experience more if you have a guide taking you through a city. The same is true with your life. You need a guide through your life. If you're just walking through your life on your own, you're missing a whole lot. If you're just going through your life without a guide, without a shepherd, without somebody showing you the ropes, without somebody who's more experienced in life than you are, you're missing a whole lot in your life. Stuff's passing by you that you would have caught if you had had a guide with you. And so Jesus says, if you're gonna choose to follow me, I will be your guide, I will be your shepherd, and I will lead you in the right direction. Now as a shepherd, a shepherd always knows more than the sheep does, always. And, and Jesus is always gonna know more about your life than you do, because he created you, he made you, he knows your purpose even when you don't know your purpose. So what, what do I do in this situation? Well, Psalm 23 verse three says this, he, Jesus, leads me in the right path, the right paths for his name's sake. As I said, he's never gonna lead you in the wrong way. And in John 10, verse four, Jesus says, the good shepherd walks ahead of the sheep and they follow him for they recognize his voice. Now, I want you to notice something. Circle the word or the phrase, walks ahead. The good shepherd walks ahead of the sheep. They follow him and they recognize his voice. In shepherding, the shepherd always goes first. Why? He's the model. He's mentoring. He's leading by example. This is very different than being a cowboy. A cowboy and a shepherd are two different things. You drive cattle, but you lead sheep. Big difference. You drive cattle from the back. You push them forward. That, and you, if you've ever watched a TV Western, you know on a cattle drive, they're pushing the cattle from the back. So you drive cattle from the back, but you lead sheep. You get out front and they follow you. Now here's the point. Jesus is not gonna push you through your life. 
He's not gonna push you into doing things you don't wanna do, you're not interested in doing. Uh, he's never gonna force you to do something you don't wanna do. But as a shepherd, he's gonna lead the way. And he's gonna say, watch how I do it. Look where I go. And if you follow his lead, oh man, your life's gonna be a whole lot easier. A lot fewer problems, a lot less stress. If you'll follow the lead of your shepherd. If I bring him my hurts, he shows me compassion. But if I choose to follow him, he says, I will lead you in the right direction. Now, how do, how do I know he wants to lead me in the right direction? Well, he says it. And the Bible says in Psalm 26, verse three, your constant love, Lord, is my guide and your faithfulness always leads me. Now, David wrote that, same guy who wrote the Lord is my shepherd, and he says, Lord, when you lead me, you lead me with your love. This is very important. Jesus always leads you with love, not with laws. Now, let me explain this. The reason why a lot of people are afraid of God, the reason why a lot of people fear God, the reason why a lot of people don't wanna follow God is because they think he's just gonna give them a set of rules. Do this, 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 and this, and don't do this, 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 and this. And yet the Bible says, God says, I will lead you with my love, not with my laws. I lead you out of love. That's how the Good Shepherd leads us. This is Pastor Rick's Daily Hope. If you missed any part of this message, or if you'd like to find out more about Pastor Rick Warren and this ministry, just visit PastorRick.com, where you can listen online anytime. That's PastorRick with two R's in the middle, dot com. Be sure to sign up for Rick's free daily email devotional while you're there. Rick will be back to close out our time today, but first, is God always good? What about during times of pain and suffering? Even during difficult times, God wants to comfort you. He wants you to rest in His promises. That's why Pastor Rick created the Living in the Goodness of God Guided Experience Bible Study Book. In this one-of-a-kind spiritual growth tool, you'll dig deep into Psalm 23, experiencing God's unrelenting love for you and discovering why this passage can become the foundation for your faith. You'll learn to trust the goodness of God in every area of your life. Throughout this study, Pastor Rick will show you how to revolutionize your life and your relationships. Rest and recharge your body and mind. Create a habit of worship instead of worry. Practice loving God and others well. Use your time for the things that matter most and stop comparing and start being content. As you go through this guided experience, you'll practice meditating on God's Word and as you do, your focus will shift from your fears to your Father and you'll move from feeling overwhelmed to overflowing. The Living in the Goodness of God Guided Experience Bible Study has a vegan leather cover and is packed with 288 pages full of scripture, Bible teaching, exercises, inspiring photos, and artwork. This spiritual growth resource is yours today when you give a gift to help Daily Hope take the Word of God to people around the world. 
Just go to PastorRick.com right now to get your copy of this amazing resource. Or you can just text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. That's PastorRick.com or text the word DAILY to 800-600-5004. Thanks so much for your support. Here's Pastor Rick with a letter from one of our listeners. You know, I love getting these letters from you when you write in from all around the world. My prayer is that Daily Hope will bring that hope that we find in God's Word to people in every nation. Here's a note from one of our listeners who actually lives in India. Uh, Dear Pastor Rick, it's a great honor for me to share how I get blessings from the Daily Hope devotional every day. It's already been a year and a half that I've been reading the Daily Hope devotional, and I thank God for these. I also share this, these devotionals through social media, like Facebook and WhatsApp, and I send the daily devotions to 40 different pastors and 50 different lay leaders and to some of my church members and friends. I send them all over central India and to almost 500 people across the country. Thank you so much for this Daily Hope devotional, and may God continue to use every reader who have been called by God for his purposes. With blessings, Reverend Lankem, pastor of the Kuki Baptist Convention, Manipur, India. Well, I love how a Pastor Lamkin is using Facebook. He's using WhatsApp to share these devotionals with hundreds of people in India. Do you realize that when you tell anybody about this broadcast or when you pass on the, the written devotional, uh, you're actually partners with us in sharing the gospel all around the world. And the Bible says that as partners in ministry, we will share in the rewards together. Now, this is something anybody can do. And if you haven't thought about it, start making a list of people you could tell about Daily Hope. You could do this. Anybody can do this. And if you go to our website, pastorrick.com, you can share it by broadcast. You can share the devotional. You can share it on social media with just one little click. Do you realize how easy that is? We're trying to help you help share the gospel, which God has called all of us to do. Our ability to reach people all around the world is a direct result of your prayers, your financial support, and your willingness to tell others. So from the bottom of my heart, I just want to say to you, thank you. If you'd like to let Rick know how this broadcast has blessed you, please feel free to send him an email at rick at pastorrick.com. That's rick at pastorrick.com. Be sure to join us next time as we look into God's Word for our daily hope. This program is sponsored by Pastor Rick's Daily Hope and your generous financial support.